Open up to Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. After Joel, which is after Hosea. Amos chapter 3. I'm going to talk today about a house divided. So we'll start in Amos chapter 3 and uh, verse 1. It says, Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except that they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? Pretty heavy um, passage here, and uh, Amos was a prophet to the Old Testament house of Israel to warn them against uh, wandering off and doing their own thing. Um, And here, you know, there's a very important verse, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And uh, the Lord uh, is trying to express to his chosen people that, hey, look, we can't walk together. God and Israel can't walk together because we're not agreed. Uh, the Lord wants to walk with his chosen people. I mean, it happens as well. Uh, two human beings cannot walk together except they be agreed. Uh, if, uh, if there is no agreement, then you can't progress. And uh, the Lord wants to progress with his chosen people. So he wants his chosen people to agree. Agree with him and agree amongst everyone. Uh, and then it goes on. Uh, with a few analogies about a lion and birds and so forth, and but what and the trumpet. It's like when these things happen, there's a reason. Okay, when the lion roars, there's a reason. Uh, when the bird uh, falls from a tree, there's a reason. When the trumpet um, blows for a city, warning it against uh, invasion, there's a reason. People are afraid as a result of. There's a consequence of that. And uh, verse 8 kind of rounds it off and saying, look, the Lord has spoken. The Lord has things to say. The Lord wants his chosen people to know stuff. And so prophets must prophesy. You know, who can but prophesy? You know, the Lord will choose someone to, uh, to, to express what he wants to his chosen people. And that's why we're important. 
Like the Lord doesn't have physical mouth and eyes and ears and a physical body. He needs us to speak on his behalf. That's all a prophet is. A prophet speaks on his behalf and uh, we operate the gifts of the Holy Spirit and there are prophets that speak on his behalf. Uh, They don't speak God's word. God's word's the Bible, but they speak on his behalf. And when the Lord has something to say to his people, who can but prophesy? And um, I'm talking today about a house divided, so we'll get to that. But uh, there's important fundamental things here that the Lord has a will and it will happen. And he wants his people to, uh, to walk together with him. So over to John chapter 3. This is a fundamental scripture for us to know and understand. We've read it many times. And, um, and the other aspect as well is uh, as we're called by God to, uh, to be a prophet, to prophesy, to tell others about the kingdom of God, you know, um, that some people hear it and hearken unto that trumpet. And I remember when I was uh, told about these things, there was something in me. God put something in me to, uh, to be afraid. There was this trumpet, this warning. Um, and, uh, and praise the Lord, we're all here today as a result. So we'll read it. John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. It's like Jesus wandering around and he's saying stuff, but he's also, uh, um, there are miracles happening, uh, acknowledging that God is with him. There's a trumpet blowing. And this bloke called Nicodemus, who's a ruler of the Jews, uh, he understands the Old, Old Testament. He would have studied the Old Testament and learnt about all these things, read about the, uh, the prophecies of Jesus himself. But he's looking at this person and uh, knows that God is with him because of the miracles. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. And whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We almost know that up by heart. God is a spirit. Uh, those that uh, want to uh, please him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, this baptism aspect, we know that. This is the born-again experience. Admittedly, when I came to the Revival Fellowship and I heard people talking about being born again, I cringed. I came from other church groups that uh, were praising the Lord for all these people born again. All they did was gave their heart to the Lord or went up to some stage and uh, said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, and they, all these people were supposedly born again. But here's clarity. Here is uh, what comes out of the Bible, how God intended the born-again experience to be. 
But then it goes on, verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe? If I tell you of heavenly things. So Jesus is saying, using earthly example of being born again, uh, it's a shadow of a spiritual thing. Nicodemus doesn't get it. You know, he's a man of the earth. And uh, Jesus is saying, well, look, if you don't understand that, how can I actually explain spiritual things? So in the modern Israel, the church that is still wandering in the wilderness, God's chosen people, spirit-filled people. We have uh, these two aspects we know of. We, uh, we follow the things of the spirit as best we can, but we have the things of mammon that we must follow, we must do. But sometimes we, uh, we, we get so uh, learned and understand so much about the things of this earth, that it can cloud the things of the spirit and it can be a house divided. The Lord wants two to be in agreement, to walk together. Um, that, you know, it says in verse 10, art thou a master of Israel? You know, like we, we've spent years in the kingdom of God reading the scriptures, praying in the spirit, learning about what it's all about. Uh, laying the foundation, growing, bearing fruit, hearing testimony, uh, knowing that God answers prayer, and then it can get kind of um, covered over a little bit with the worries and so forth. And uh, um, sometimes earthly wisdom starts being uh, changed to seem like heavenly wisdom, and this house starts to be divided. But the Lord wants unity. That's important. Unity is so important. Um, The Lord loves to see his brethren dwell in unity. There is uh, strength. There is power there. Uh, We'll go to uh, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. There's a cup in the way. Matthew 12 and uh, verse 22. This is where the uh, title of the talk comes from. Matthew 12 and verse 22. It says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, 
by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So, yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, referring to Satan's kingdom, and if Satan's kingdom is divided against itself, it will not stand. The same applies to uh, any kingdom, any household, uh, including God's kingdom, that if it's divided against itself, it will not stand. Um, where there is division, it doesn't work. Um, and then verse 30, it says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Um, and so that's tied up with that unity and looking to Jesus Christ himself, gathering for the same reason. You know, we, we go about uh, witnessing to people, telling people about the kingdom of God, telling our own testimony or saying our own testimony to them and what the Lord did in our lives to come to, uh, to worship the Lord with us. You know, that's our, our gathering together, to, to come together. Instead of, uh, we don't go about telling them something else, you know, and uh, this kind of ties up with a, a talk I recently did as well. We don't give them another um, salvation message. We understand the true salvation message. Uh, we understand the born-again experiencing, and uh, we can uh, explain that to them. We don't explain another one, a different God, a different spirit, a different Lord, a different Jesus, a different baptism. We've got that same uh, fundamental aspects that we, we, we can tell others about. But also, as an assembly, as a kingdom, we are oh, good, together. And, uh, and the beautiful thing is, as people travel and go to other assemblies, they are so similar. Uh, it's like um, you've always been there, you know, and uh, I've been to... Um, Assemblies that don't speak English, and um, and I remember I had fellowship afterwards, and there was this lady through an interpreter who was just saying, even though we can't understand a word uh, we that we're saying to each other, she was saying that we're closer than her family, you know, through the spirit, the uh, the understanding, and so forth. It's just wonderful that thing that seemed to be a barrier, the language barrier, was not a barrier anymore to unity, and, uh, and so that's the importance, and we know from council level as well, we try to maintain unity so that the house is not divided, and that draws upon many years of experience and seeing things happen uh, in the past, that, uh, that we don't want this house to be divided, and it can be divided in many ways. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 1, so we, we, the book of Corinthians, uh, praise the Lord it was written so that we can read it and understand. By revelation, Paul wrote it. Some wonderful details in the book of Corinthians that um, really aren't in the Old Testament. Um, but the Corinthians, they were doing the best they could. 
but needed a bit of guidance. And praise the Lord, Second uh, Corinthians encouraged them and said, well done, you know, you've refined your ways. But here in First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ for the will of God and Sosthenes our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> says that a few times, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So same mind and also same judgment. Similar judgment of that's right, that's wrong. Same um, ballpark. But it's interesting, and we know the story behind uh, this letter to the Corinthians. You can read the rest of the book to... Uh, to find out. But the introduction is so wonderful to the Corinthians who had made a few mistakes. They were running their uh, meetings badly. They weren't um, uh, judging things appropriately. They needed a bit of tidy up. But Paul starts this letter with, grace be to you. I thank my God always in everything you are enriched. You know, your testimony is confirmed in you or Christ's testimony is confirmed in you so that you've come behind in no thing. Wonderful encouragement to this church that was a little bit of a mess. But Paul could see something beautiful there, right? Paul was in a position to refine this group of people, but he, he was... He also understood that there was something truly precious there. Now, the Revival Fellowship started many decades ago and it's been through, think, tried things that didn't work, tried things that did work. It's been through many years of refining. And, um, and so we're, we're, we've established what we have like the guidelines, the, uh, the running of the meeting and so forth and uh, also wisdom and, and how to, um, uh, like what sort of outreaching works and doesn't work and how to look after a, a young saint and so forth. Um, and so it's a beautiful thing. So us here, you know, we, we're people that came along and uh, we're um, in the global perspective, we're small individuals in this global revival fellowship. And, um, and so the Lord's saying to us, look, 
just think, look, grace be to you. I thank my Lord always. You know, we, we think also that. You know, I thank my Lord always. Look at the positive aspect of things. Because talking about a house divided, like, and it goes on, um, verse 10, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. Now, um, and so some, sometimes some people can think they know better, you know, and uh, like to provide a bit of advice. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it creates problems. You know, we, we have this wonderful thing and like if, if, um, if we had the mindset that Paul does and Paul was in a position of uh, wonderful authority, you know, this amazing revelation, he was in the position to say, nah, yes, nah, yes, nah. But no, he starts out and saying, grace be to you. I thank you so much. You're so encouraging. It's a beautiful thing that you've got going here. You know, um, and it's just, you're not behind in any good gift. It's just fantastic. And, uh, and he's bringing them together. He's, he's focusing on the unity, the great thing, the togetherness, that there be no divisions among you. So let us uh, uh, think above the, the, the little things that can, uh, like, you know, the little um, gripes we might have that don't matter because, wow, we're a part of the kingdom of God. We, uh, we have uh, some wonderful future uh, to look to the Lord over. We'll go down to uh, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the preaching of cro- the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Or where, where are those that think they know better? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. You know, through this uh, wonderful wisdom that the world thought it had, Wonderful understanding, you know, uh, this wonderful dispute to sit around uh, discuss, discussing things and uh, uh, make up different ideas. You know, through that wisdom, uh, the world did not know God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, Not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, 
that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let us glory in the Lord. It's the Lord that did it. And that's what testimony is, giving God the glory. God did it. Not all my efforts and what I did. It was God gave, God gets the glory. And that's the whole point, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his wisdom. It's like I hear it at work. It's like, oh, yeah, I told them and they did it and it worked out. You know, that's a work thing. We don't need that in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I told him to do that and look at that. What a great thing that happened as a result of what I said. Where's the glory of God in that? No flesh should glory in his presence, but um, we glory in the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing, this humility, this folly. You know, the Lord's chosen the foolish things of this world. This folly he's chosen to confound the wise. That God gets the glory. He's made the foolish a true wisdom, a wisdom from above. And just on that, go back to uh, Romans 16. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Romans 16 and verse 17. Now beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrine which ye have learnt, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own flesh, emulating themselves instead of the Lord. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men, I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And this is where the Lord wants our focus to be, to be wise unto unto that which is good. You know, understanding that which is good. But... Being simple or foolish or the only word I can think of is dopey. Being dopey under the things that are evil. You know, not having an understanding. Uh, But we have a true understanding and a wisdom of that which is good. That's our focus of these things. And uh, it's interesting how it says there in verse 18 as well, by good words and fair speeches, you know, uh, charis- uh, charismatic words, um, uh, uh, like um, inspiring, you know, uh, or uh, emotive, you know, all these lovely things that we see people and they deceive the hearts of the simple, right? Now, we are the simple. We're the foolish of this world. The Lord wants us to be humble like children. We are the simple. But then he goes on and says, well, look, let us be wise in that which is good, but simple in that which is evil. You know, it's the wisdom of that which is good. You know, uh, make sure the house is not divided. 
you know, and we listen to doctrine, uh, we, we keep hold of that which we've already learnt, and, uh, and then we have the wonderful thing we have now. We, we have it maintained. And um, as we heard uh, recently as well, maintenance is so important. Maintenance um, in all things, uh, especially in the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, or um, that really means a mature man, okay? Uh, unto a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So that's, the, that's what the Lord's encouraging us to do. Speak the truth in love, compassion, care from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto oh yes, lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learnt Christ, being wise in that which is good. We have not learnt that in Christ. It's foreign to us. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you, be, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put on the spirit of God, renewed in the spirit of your mind, focusing on that which is good, being wise in those things. And this, this term there refers to the Gentiles, it's people of the world. And we all were that once, once upon a time, and we still actually carry it around with us, you know. Um, I'm sure everyone has baggage to a point, you know. Uh, sometimes there's things uh, in my mind or how I react to something, and it's from my experiences in the past. You know, my religious experiences in the past, my upbringing and so forth, that's Gentile stuff. But the Lord's saying uh, with process, maybe through trials, <laughs> refining, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind that we put on a new man. We grow up to be a completely different person, completely different person with a different purpose as well. 
as it says in 24, you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, true separation from uh, that which is of the world and that which creates division. Galatians chapter 3. I have to go to Galatians when I'm talking about this. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. So marvellously put. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? A so foolish and this is the foolishness of God, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you in the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And Abraham was phenomenal. Uh, This one person, I guess Noah was phenomenal. Noah was one person amongst many. Abraham was uh, one person amongst many and was accounted to him for righteousness because of his faith. And what do you know? This remarkable man, it says that um, those that are of faith the same faith, are the children of Abraham. Spiritual descendants, so to speak. And here, this this pleading to the church at Galatia, why? Why do it? You receive the Holy Spirit. Amazing things happen through the Holy Spirit. Amazing things happen as a result of praying. And you get to experience God's love. God's empathy for others. We hear that in testimony as well. We have a love, we have a connection to all that are here under this roof, to all that are walking in spirit and in truth, wherever they may be, no matter what barriers, uh, physical barriers there may be. We have this wonderful connection. So why, if that is so successful and you get answers from that, why would you think that you could get... uh, more success, uh, achieve more by the arm of the flesh. Why is that? Keep your walk simple. Be simple in that which is um, evil, but wise in that which is good. Keep your walk simple in that way. Have a a light-hearted attitude before God himself. Down to verse 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. And that one verse, that could be us, before faith came in our lives, we were kept under the law, under um, our own law. You know, uh, we were Gentiles. We were shut up under the faith which should come afterwards. 
revealed in our lives, which it now is revealed. Wherefore, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There it is. We're all the same. Uh, One person cannot claim to know more. One person cannot claim to uh, to influence in a better way than the Lord. We're all the same. We're equal. You know, uh, even uh, gender is deleted. You know, in the spirit, there's no gender. Um, We're all equal before the Lord. The Lord's made us all equal, so let let us all be equal, you know, and treat each other equally as the Lord wants us to. Right. Penultimate scripture, First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five and verse six. First Peter chapter five and verse six. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's the Lord that builds us up, the Lord that trains us, the Lord that makes us strong. He just asks us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the point. This is why the Lord wants unity, why the Lord doesn't want a house divided, wants us to, uh, to look to him with joy and peace and love, look at each other in that same way, so that we're established, we're confirmed, we're made perfect, we're strengthened, we're settled, we're happy, we're at peace as well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for others that we, we can come here in this hall and meet, talk about God. Praise the Lord. We're settled. We don't need to try to change it all and mix it all up all the time. Fair enough, we tweak it a little bit here and there. But no, it's, it's a wonderful thing. We've got stability. Stability equals sameness. And those in Bunbury may know that um, um, we are the children of God. And um, children need sameness. Uh, if children have sameness, they, uh, they, are established, they can get established and they can build, they've got confidence. God wants to give us sameness. 
to uh, so that we have confidence in him, we have confidence in each other, we have confidence in our environment. Just this morning, we made the effort to come here today. We had confidence we'll see saints. We'll be able to talk about Jesus openly, be able to talk about the Holy Spirit, miracles. We had that confidence. We knew, in a way, what to expect. That gave us confidence. That's what the Lord wants. So let us not disrupt it and add things or take things away, divide. Let's keep it together. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. To finish up, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. It's a good uh, final scripture. Finally, brethren, pray for us. (laughs) Keep praying. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. The word of the Lord or the desire of the Lord and be glorified even as it is with you. Excuse me. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men For all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. So there's a reason I chose that to finish up is wonderful encouragement. This is the plan of the Lord, to keep praying that others may understand the glory that we have in us, to get it established, that uh, the Lord can direct our hearts, to give our hearts an understanding of that which is good, to help us to um, to be foolish in the things that are evil as we patiently wait for the coming of Christ. I've read a few verses about faith, and faith is so important, such an important thing. But here, what's above our own faith, it says, now I've got to find it. It says that, um, yeah, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. Okay? We, we wax and wane in strength, but the Lord is constantly faithful to us. Right? So think about that. He's faithful to us. He's like, Yes, you have done and you will do. I have faith in you. So if the Lord has confidence in us, we should be confident in ourselves. And we have a, a mindset that, hey, look, we've been called according to a purpose. You know, to, uh, to, to worship him, to give him the glory, to come together, encourage each other, to maintain the unity, to be solid. And I can't help but say to be solid mate without that division. Okay, thank you.